with you. And I do want to, at the end of the service, bring all the, the children, all the little children of the world, and pray for them. Amen. I do that when I feel it in my heart to do so. Matthew 16 13. Who received something this morning? I'm telling you. Glory to God. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah's. Or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto you. And if you have your Bibles, you can underline that. Flesh and blood had not revealed it unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. He said, nobody taught you this. You didn't learn it from no one. Nobody told you it, but this revelation that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, came directly from my Father. That's what revelation is. When the word of the Lord is revealed to you directly by the Father through the Spirit of God. And then he went on to say, and I say also unto you, that thou art Peter, put it in the... Um, Is that the King James? Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want you to put verse 18 in the um, uh, New King James Version. New King James Version, yeah. NLT? Yeah, okay. So now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So Jesus was talking about the rock of revelation, not upon Peter. As I told you this morning, and it's important for you to know that um, Peter, the word Peter or the rock that he mentioned that Peter, Peter, Peter was, uh, is um, sometimes I, I, I miss, I miss, I miss, I, I flip him over. But Peter, the rock, is Petros which means small stone. 
But then Jesus went on to say, upon this rock. If you're not careful, you can interpret it as upon Peter. He will build his church. But it's upon the rock of revelation. He was talking about his confession or his profession that he knew that Jesus Christ was the son of the living God. You are Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus said, upon this rock, upon the rock of revelation that was not taught to you by men, nor, you know, you learned it from anybody, but this came directly from my father in heaven. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are the church, the body of Christ. And Jesus said, I will build my church. How is he going to build it? Upon the rock of revelation. That's why it's so important to acquire revelation. And if we're going to acquire revelation from the Lord, that is how our lives are going to be built up. It's not like we sit with our arms crossed and wait for Jesus to do what he's going to do in our lives. It's, we have to engage, you know, in the word of God. We have to engage the Holy Spirit in our lives because the Holy Spirit is the, the revealer of truth. The Holy Spirit is the one that takes the word of God and turns it into the written word and makes it living on the inside of us. And so when we acquire revelation that you know, yeah, thank God for, you know, that we have a, you know, you know, the, the, uh, you know, that the word can be taught to us. But even then, it has to become real to us by the spirit of God. And it's not until it becomes real in us and that we, that, that we are empowered to be able to act upon it. You know, that our, our lives are going to be built more and more from glory to glory from faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory to glory. It's through the acquiring of revelation from the word of God in our lives and through our lives that Jesus Christ is going to continue to build his church. And the gates of hell will not, will not, all hell can come against the church. And we've seen it more than ever in these last couple of years. Such persecution and attack. Call it what you want to call it, but it has been an attack against the church because of the days that we're living on. How dare you tell us that we can pray for people? I, don't, I, I took that to heart. I didn't take that lightly. And there is an agenda, an antichrist spirit that is against, you know, uh, the church. But thank God that he cannot come into fruition as long as the church is still here on this earth. He can, we, we can try, but it, he cannot touch the church. Because Jesus Christ said, I will build my church through, through the revelation in my people of who I am. And through that rock of revelation... I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That is why right now it is 
more important than ever to be so committed to God, to teach our children, to honor God, to love God, to be the parents that God has called us to be. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to, you know, if they're adults, give them to the Lord. But if they're under your roof, they're going to serve the Lord. They're going to honor the Lord. And they're going to honor the house of the Lord. And they're going to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, there was a kid that came today, a teenager. And he's a great kid. And he came and he, you know, I could see the love. And, and he, you know, he was like, he was like, uh, he came to greet me. And then I said, I'm so glad you're here. And he said, I'm only here because I was forced to be here. And I said, oh, well, I'm glad you're here and you were forced to be here. I said, because you know what? My mom didn't give me a choice to stay home or to go to church. My mom didn't say, I'll be back. I'm going to church. My mom said, you're going to go to church. Happy or mad? And I didn't like that. I did not like that. I said, but you know what? I didn't understand it back then, but I so appreciate my mother that she brought me to the house of the Lord, that she taught me that it's important to honor the house of the Lord. And I, can you imagine my mom with all these girls? We didn't make it easy for her, but the grace of God was upon her. Let me tell you, because, because she knew it was easier for her to say, stay home. I'm going to go to church. But she has such a conviction that I got how can I be in the house of the Lord and my child is at the house? And, 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 I said, and, she, and he said, you know, my mom forced me to be here. I said, and now I'm like, let me tell you something. You have a good mother. Don't be mad at her. But I could tell he wanted to be here. I could tell. I mean, why would you come and say hi to the pastor when you're forced to be in the house of the Lord? I already knew, but he had a little friend and she looked like she didn't want to be here. But I loved on her. And I said, you're so beautiful. I'm so glad you're here. And I said, let me tell you, I said, There's, you're not encountering religion. I said, I didn't want to serve the Lord in my early years. You know, because I didn't know any better. But I thank God that, the, that the God had mercy on me, that he loved me, that he protected me. And I, and I, I truly believe that it's, it has saved my life. You know, the fact that I, every, everything that I learned that, I, that, that, that grew in me, the seed of the word of God. And so, I don't know why I said all that. But I did. So somebody needed to hear it. I'm telling you, because we are living in the days. You know, the gates of hell. You know, I'm just going to say this. Should I, Lord? You have to, you have to, we have to be in that place with God. God is calling his people. 
He's preparing his bride. And the enemy will try to get in in any way that he can. And if he can with you, guess who he's going to try with? You have to take authority by the help of the Lord. It's not a light thing. You hear all the craziness that is happening. Jesus said, I will build my church upon what? We can sit here and be like, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against me. Well, what, what? let me see the revelation that you've gotten to stand on. That will keep you having done all stand. Serving the Lord. Honoring him. The gates of hell. What, what do the gates of hell represent? The gates of hell represent all the demonic force. And evil strategies that Satan can marshal in and attempt to destroy the church, which is you. Or to withstand its mission to the world, which is fulfilling the Great Commission. The gates of hell represents the demonic force. Can we see it in this world? What is happening? People of God. It's like open. The evil, and I'm not, I'm not telling you to exalt the evilness. We can see it. I'm, I'm helping you to know that in these days, we have to be so in, in tune with the Holy Spirit, aggressively in faith, taking what belongs to us, growing in that authority that God has given us in our homes, in our lives, in our children. Cast, you know, dealing with every little fox in our lives. The little things that so easily trip us up. The little, the little cracks. These are the days that we have to put a, a, a we have to, God, is, God will help us. But ultimately, what did Kara said? You know, Pastor Sandy spoke that word to me, but I can pray for you until you're bald-headed. You know, I was thinking about the prodigal son. I was thinking about the prodigal son because he, you know, he got so like, God, give me what belongs to me. Not God, but you know, Father, give me, what, give me my inheritance. I want to go. Did God say, don't leave. Stay here with me. I'm sure he wanted him to, but you have a choice. And he thought he can be good without God. And, and, and you know, I, I, I'm saying this because Jesus, Jesus said, flesh and blood had not revealed this unto you, but my Father that is in heaven. You're going to be so empowered as you press in the word of God. And the, and the revelation of the word of God starts hitting you. How awesome God is. Who is this El Shaddai? Who is this all-sufficient God? Who is this Jesus that gave up his life for me? You know, I have a series that I've been uh, meditating on. And, and, and it's by Dr. Lester Somerall. And it's 24 messages all on the Most High God. And he said, the greatest acquirement that man can attain is the knowledge of El Shaddai. 
is the knowledge of God. People want faith. He says, but if you just, you know, acquire the knowledge of who your heavenly father is, it's going to hit you so hard that you're going to know that you can do all things through Jesus Christ. But that flesh and blood cannot reveal that to you. You can't acquire it in your head. That's, and you don't have to. That's why God put his spirit in us. That we may understand spiritual truths that empower us so much. If you truly believe that the word of God is the breath of God, the life of God, just know that when you are putting it on the inside of you, I'm spitting. <laughs> Just know that when you're ingesting it, you're engaging in the word of the Lord. And you are conscious that the Holy Spirit, the revealer of truth, the great teacher, is going to help you acquire that revelation that is going to be so real to you. I have a father and his eyes are upon me and he can hear when I open my mouth and pray. It's gonna be, it's gonna hit you at another level. You think there, you we, you, we got all there is to know about El Shaddai. <laughs> Flesh and blood cannot reveal this to you, Peter, but this has been revealed to you by my Father who is in heaven. And upon this rock, of revelation I will build my church and the gates of hell every demonic force everything that is going on all the chaos shall not come again prevail against you shall not prevail against your home shall not prevail against your children we don't have to fear of what man can do to us because when God is for us who can be against us Jesus said I will build my church we're not permitted to go under as long as we're in that place And, the, and, G, and the, the word of God warns us. He warns us that in the end time, days, there's going to be decept, decept, spirits of deception working overtime. And they're working overtime right now to deceive the people of God. To get them in a place that they think they know God, but there is no honor. There is no worship in spirit and in truth. There is no reverence. I'm not saying you. Having a, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Conforming to the ways of the world. Calling right what is wrong and wrong what is right. But it doesn't matter because God has given us a way to escape the corruption of the world. And it's through the revelation, the rock of revelation, through acquiring the revelation of who God is. And in spite of Satan's doing his worst, 
which you're seeing it. In these days, more than ever before. I mean, come on. Calling mental illness what's a demon. A kid doesn't go shoot people because he has mental illness. There's a demon inside that kid. And you got to call it what it is. People that want to abort babies after birth. That's total wickedness. And we can go on and on and on. But in spite of Satan's doing his worst in these last days, the church. Come on, who's part of that church? Who's part of the church that Jesus Christ is building? Cannot be overcome. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Has nothing to do with gun control. At all. Jesus Christ is the only hope. And we are part of that church. The real church. (laughs) The true church. And God's true church, which that is us. I'm not saying just us. It's It's a corporate body. Is rising up. Rising up in three ways. You ready? In faith, authority, and Holy Ghost power. In faith, authority, and Holy Ghost power. And you're seeing it. The church of the living God is arising in faith, authority, and Holy Ghost power to righteously assault Satan's kingdom and domain of darkness. How do we do this? By bringing deliverance. By delivering, setting the captives free from the power of sin diseases, bondages, and oppression. That's how we are assaulting Satan's kingdom. That's how we are righteously assaulting Satan's kingdom and domain. By the power and the force of faith, by authority in the name of Jesus, and by Holy Ghost power. Big Holy Ghost. Amen. Say faith, Faith. authority, Authority. and Holy Ghost power. So faith, I was listening to Dr. Lester Summerall, and he was talking about the, you know, the, the, the best, the best achievement as people that we can do is acquire the knowledge of our heavenly father of who God is he said if you just go for that 
faith arises, love prevails. Because when you know your God, you know, Daniel eleven thirty two is one of my favorite scriptures. Those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. You know, Pastor Adonica was sharing and I was listening. And she was sharing with this other lady about this scripture. And she was saying that the word exploits is not in the original scripture of Daniel eleven thirty two. He says that that was added so that people can like understand exploits. Because it, it, in the original uh, scripture, it says, those that know their God shall be strong and do. She says, because that word do, if you study that word, has so much significance. And, I, and she was sharing it with us. She says, that word do, that comes, that, that, it, that is an empowerment when you acquire the knowledge of God empowers you to do to do and it has like tons of definitions that just work that just that word do those that know their God shall do it says right here to do to fashion accomplish to make to do to work to produce to deal with, to act, act with effect, effect, to make, to produce, to prepare, to make an offering, to attend to, put in order, to observe, to celebrate, to acquire property. That one I said, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory. I felt the anointing right there and I said, glory to God. Pastor Ronnie had just shared how they got their 25-acreage mansion, and there was a bishop from the Bahamas, and she was sharing about how they just had, you know, bought five acres of property, and I said, glory, I'm in the right, amongst the right company. <laughs> glory to God. Those that know their God shall do. To appoint, ordain, to institute, bring about, to use, to spend to be done, to be made, to produce, to offer, to observe, to press, to keep, to execute, to show, to perform, to prepare, to get, maintain, accomplish, advance, appoint, become, bear, bestow, bring forth, be busy, Certainly have the charge of, commit, deal, deck, ready, dressed, put in, execute, exercise, fashion, feast, finish, fit, fly, fulfill, furnish, gather, get, go, about, govern, grant, great, industrious, Journey, keep, labor, maintain, be occupied, officer, bring to pass, come to pass, perform, prepare, procure, provide, put, serve, set, show, surely, take, 
warrior, workman, yield, use. Those that know their God. What's the key? Know him. What do you think the Apostle Paul said? He got this. What is it? Philippians 3.10 or Ephesians 3.10? I always get it. Philippians 3.10 in the Amplified Classic. Philippians 3.10 in the Amplified Classic. That's why he knew. For my determined purpose is that I may know him. That word know, if you study that word, is not like that I want to know him with my mind. It's that I may have an experience that surpasses knowledge. That I may know him. It's all, it's, it's that word no, it's, it's the, the, the highest form of intimacy as if a husband and a wife come together sexually through experience that I may know him, that I may progressively, say progressively, become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person. That I may know him more strongly and more clearly. I mean, if anybody knew the, the Jesus, you'd think that after he written some of the epistles. But yet he's saying, I want to know him more. Sometimes we think that we know it all. And we learned everything there is of El Shaddai. Those that know their God. There's going to be an evident evident those that carry the presence of God there's gonna be an evident like when the ark of the covenant the presence of God was in Obedim's Obedidim so much that David said I gotta go get it because it says that the, the presence of God was there for three months and then in the Dake study bible it says that it doesn't say how the blessing was was manifested in his life but it's known that it was in health and material blessing well I don't want material blessing I just want health okay take that then go ahead Keep having to believe to pay your bills. And always wishing somebody to bless you. Jesus said it is better to give than to receive. So much that David said, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go pick that ark. <laughs> Bishop Oidepo says that David, there was a jealousy in him. Because he had to leave it there. I mean, the Bible doesn't say that, but I trust the man of God. Glory. Bishop Oidepo. He said that David seen what God did. But David was a man after God's own heart that he said, I must go get it. But isn't it wonderful that there's enough for everybody that he comes. Jesus Christ was the seed that was sown so that he can produce many of himself in our lives, 
each and every one of us are carriers of that blessed presence and they and they reverence the presence of God you, you got to be careful if you claim him serve him with reverence He said, I got to go get it. Those that know their God shall be strong. And I'm working on a teaching on being strong in the Lord. I almost wanted to bring it out today, but it's still cooking. I don't deliver anything unto you until. Hallelujah. What does the knowledge of God produce? You know, I love a scripture as well. And um, Habakkuk 2, 14 in the Amplified Classic. But the time is coming when the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, Peter, but this has been revealed to you by my Father, which is in heaven, the rock of revelation. What does the knowledge of God produce? It produces faith. The knowledge of God in your life will produce faith. How is the church? going to rise up in faith, authority, and Holy Ghost power. How is faith produced in our lives? Faith begins where the will of God is known. And there's the faith that is produced to the, by the knowledge of God, but there's also the gift of faith that is given unto you by the Spirit of God. That's another level of faith. But focus on knowing who your father is because you love him. Get intoxicated. How many of you had somebody that made you get intoxicated? Narda. Oh, gosh. Jerry did that to you, girl? <laughs> Love makes you intoxicated. I got to say this carefully because you can become so intoxicated by the love of God. By the knowledge of the love of God. That it causes you to walk in that first love. That first love. That first love is crazy. First love causes you to do crazy things. <laughs> Might as say crazy things. Yeah. Yeah, and in, in the spiritual realm, it does as well. 
And that's, that's the only charge that Jesus had against the church in the last days. That, there was, that they had gone away from their first love. They're still serving the Lord. They're still going to church. They're still doing great things, but they had left their first love. You know, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, um, it says, let me see what it says. Because look, it, you know, it talks about the blessing of God and it's wonderful, right? That's where we're, we're, what we're under. But then it talks about the curses for disobedience. And people are like, why would you want to read those? Well, it's good to know what it is so that when it comes knocking on your door, you don't open that door. They don't belong to you. You've been redeemed from the curse. But then in verse 28, 47, it's, it says, well, 45, it says, if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and to obey the commands and decrees he has given you, all these curses will pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed. It's not God's will for your life. I set you before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life, he says, so that you and your seed may live. It's a choice. And I'm not done telling you about the prodigal son because I brought that up for a reason. It says, the horrors will serve as a sign and warning among you and your descendants forever. And then 47, listen to what it says. If you do not serve the Lord your God with joy, I'm in the NLT. If you do not serve the Lord your God with joy and enthusiasm for the abundant benefits you have received. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the lamb. God doesn't just want you to serve him. For example, your kids, you want them to obey you, but it's, it's so much peaceful when they obey you with gladness, with joy. And God wants us to serve him like that. We don't have to serve God. We want to serve God. We get to serve God. We're privileged to serve God. It's not a light thing to go to church. When you understand that God orchestrated the gathering of the brethren and he said, do it more even when you know the time of the Lord is coming. We don't take it lightly that we can gather in the church of the Lord. We come with joy and gladness. Enthusiastically. That's why the devil wants to discourage you and get you in a place of complacency. But God says, not, not, don't just serve me. Serve me with joy and be enthusiastic for the abundance of benefits. Come on. Don't ever. Don't ever. You better tell your flesh. Shut up, flesh. We're going to go praise the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Every time the doors are open, I'm coming to honor you, Lord. Uh, you know, I bet y'all had an invitation tonight. I'm sure. It's Memorial Weekend. We make it about us, and it's about the veterans. It's no different to serve Jesus. The church is open. He died for us. Veterans died for us. 
and we're honoring them, they have more honor for that than they do for their Savior. I'm not, I'm not getting after nobody. Everybody in this house, you get the word of God. The choices you make are not on us. They're on you. Few of you, you know? And you're here, so I'm talking to the choir. But, it, you know, it, it's the way that, that's the way it is. He, he said, you know, you've gotten away from your first love. You know, they told me when I, uh, when the Lord, I encountered the Lord in 2004, I got so radical for the things of God. I, I just felt I could do anything. And in love, like a hunger, you know, I got a hunger for the word of God. I hated to read. I hated books. Now I'm a, I love the word. I love books. And then I just told, you know, just told you this morning, there's a new love for the presence of God. And, and, and I had somebody that told me, they said, oh, you're just going through a phase. Somebody that's been in church for 30 years. Oh, you're, you're just going through a phase. You know, we all been there. We done that. You go through seasons. You, you know, all that. You know, you're, you're spontaneous right now. We've done that too. But, you know, there's a time that that goes away. Who, is, that, is that a Christian talking? <laughs> and I had enough knowledge, understanding to know that wasn't the Lord. You know, the enemy will send people in your life to discourage you. You're on fire. You're doing awesome things. And there will be somebody that maybe you respect it and tell you something. What do you do in that case? Put, don't be ugly. Don't be mean. But guard yourself. Protect yourself. Be confident in the love of God. Be confident that you are obeying his word. And they said, yeah, and you know what the Holy Spirit told me, and that, and you know, Pastor Ronnie said something that stuck to me. He says, what's birthed in the fire will, will carry you through the fire. Anything that is birthed in the fire is going to carry you through the fire. And that's the reason I'm still standing. That's the reason you're still here. Yeah, there might have been some hiccups. There might have been some, but you're here. You're here. And if you're going to be here, be here all the way. Throw yourself in. All the way. Stop being frustrated because you're trying to. It's not easy. And the Holy Spirit said when they told me that, I was at the hospital praying for my mother. I was working at Red Oak, right here around the corner. Isn't that something? My mother was dying. The Lord healed her from lupus. Her body was going into shock. All her organs were shutting down. And me and my sisters, I forgot which ones. I'm sure it wasn't Narda because she was probably hungover. <laughs> no, just kidding. That's <laughs> my sister. I love her. I have much respect for my older sister. <laughs> I'm glad Jared's laughing. But he defends her. He's don't mess with his little Narda. 
as Maida. They always at it. But anyways, they called us. My mom's going into surgery. And uh, my mom, like, she looked more gone than on this side. And as we went over there, we laid hands on her. And in the name of Jesus, we command every sickness, every disease, spirit of death to come out of her body. And my mom said that she felt something like dark come out of her. And it was that disease. And, and, and in that process that we were praying for her, like they were wheeling her out because her body, she began to shiver and shake. And we had no idea. They're literally, we prayed for her and they're like, they, they have her in the bed into, going into surgery. Like we're like walking, you know, with her. It happened so fast. And my mom's like shaking and shivering. And she's like, amen, in Jesus' name. And she was shaking. She was cold. She was all covered up. They took her into surgery. And the doctor came out and said, one more, I don't know if he said second or minute. He says, your mom would have died. He says, because her body was going into shock because all her organs were shutting down. And it was in the hospital. That that family member came. Oh, I said family member. Sorry. <laughs> Nobody that comes here. <laughs> it is what it is. They said, oh, you're just, we had just prayed. We were like, I'm fire. <laughs> Setting the, healing the sick, fulfilling the great commission. <laughs> and it was... You know, before we got the before we got the, the the good news, we're waiting in the room and oh yeah, you're we we were testifying. We prayed for my mom and she received it and glory to God. She said, oh, you know, I love how enthusiastic you are and spontaneous. You know, we we come from there, like we've been there. You know, but it's not always going to be like that. It's going to, you know, that you go through phases in your Christian walk. Like, I promise. The devil will make it his business to discourage you. And the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, Sandy, I felt it. Like, how did he say, like, Sandy? No. It was like an inward voice, inward knowing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like a knowing, like you know. The Holy Spirit said, Sandy, he said, just because it happened to him doesn't have to happen to you. The Lord said, if you make it your business to burn for me, you can burn for me all the days of your life until I return. I promise you, the Lord is my witness. That is exactly what I heard. So I took it personal. I took it personal. I did. What's the proof that I did? I'm here. Because that was seven years before I stepped into this office. I said, I'm going to make it my business, Lord. That's why Jesus cared what other people thought about him, but most importantly, he cared what you thought about him. What, who do they say that I am? All right, but who do you say that I am? God wants that from each and every one of us. 
And I said, Lord, because I felt the Lord told me that, I said, I will make it my business to stay on fire for you. I will make it my business to stay excited about you. I will make it my business to be enthusiastic about everything that has to do with you. I will take the responsibility, Lord, to make sure that my life, my the fire. <laughs> I feel it now. That same fire. I said, I will make it my business to make sure that the fire that you have put on me never. Devil, you came to tell me that this was only going to be a season in my life. Jesus loved me so much that he said, Sandy, you can have this all the days of your life. But he told me it'll be up to you. And then the doctor came out and said, you know, your mom almost died. Her body was going into shock as we were wheeling her in. Her organs were shutting down. My mom came out of that procedure not only, you know, well, but healed from that disease. Healed from that disease. I said healed from that disease. The Lord healed her body. We, we loved our mom. We wanted her to live. And the Lord said what he said he would do. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. The church is rising up. And faith, authority, and Holy Ghost power. So, the prodigal son, when he left and the father gave him his inheritance, he ended up finding himself in a pig's pen. And the Bible says, you know, that he came to the, he came to himself and, and began to think and said, I was better off. Even the servants in my father's house eat better than me. He said, I was, I was better off in my father's house. But he came to the end of himself. He realized, you know, and, and though the father... The Bible tells us that he was, you know, when, when the son decided to go back home, the father was waiting on him. The father was, was looking out for him. And it is the only time that is said that God ran. When he seen the son coming. But he doesn't say that he went to go get the son out of the pig's pen. It said that the, the son came to the end of himself came to himself and said and realized I was better off in my father's house. He made a choice to rise up and get up and go to the father. That is how we have to be in this. 
And God, the father was waiting for him. How many of y'all heard that song? And then he ran to me. He took me in his arms, held my head to his chest. Say, my son's come home again. Jared, are you ready? I was thinking more, but I forgot that. I don't even know. I mean, it's just. The father was waiting for him, but he had to make a decision. We can't possibly think that we can do it without God. That's why all this self-care. You know, that's what, you know, getting our eyes on us. That's, that's the nature of Satan. He looked at himself, look how beautiful I am. You're cute, but don't let it get to your head. You know, God blesses us and then we can't even have commitment to God no more. The Bible says, don't ever, let it, don't ever forget that it is the God that gives you the power to gain wealth. Money is never a master. It's a tool, a servant. Goes wherever we tell it to go. It doesn't determine what we're going to do. It doesn't rule our lives. We can't, we, can't, we can't think that we can do it without God. Giving him his place in our lives that he deserves. And it is number one. Say number one. Number. What does that look like? He's my life. He's not part of my life. He's my life. It's not us that lives. It's Christ that lives in, you know, in us. We, that's what salvation is. We've been crucified with Christ. When you gave your life to Jesus, you've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, but Christ lives in you. And this life that you now live, you live it having faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave his life up for you. It's more than what we think. It's dying to self. Your way, Lord, your ideas, your, 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 you know, you, it's all about you. Jesus, and all this is for you. As if we should do things, I don't know, our way, I don't know. But it's all about him. Say, it's all about him. You know, there's a song, the theme song of the conference that it's called Upon This Rock. And then Pastor Rodney said, which I get that. That has to be in everything that is of the Lord. He says, you know why we sing it over and over? Because some people don't understand. They're like, again, again. Why do we keep hearing the same thing again and again? Maybe God is trying to tell you something. You know, he says the reason why we sing it over and over because it will it is nothing to you until it becomes your personal worship. It's like the word of God. It, it will be nothing to us until it becomes us. Anointed song too. 
Isn't the Lord good? The knowledge of God will produce faith. In the knowledge of God, you have faith. Those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. It's the knowledge of the Father. Peter said grace and peace being multiplied. Grace, favor, strength, peace, shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. All well-being, the whole pie. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Grace and peace. The ability to do what God called you to do. The strength to overcome. Be multiplied unto you through the precise knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is that? First Peter? Glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Second Peter, I think. Yeah, Second Peter two, two. I'm sorry, Second Peter one, two. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. See the knowledge of God will cause his grace and his peace to increase in your life, will cause faith to arise. Faith that is going to cause you to arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Faith to arise and take authority in the name of Jesus. Faith to arise and walk in Holy Ghost power. Faith to arise and assault Satan's kingdom in his domain of darkness and bring deliverance unto people from sin, disease, bondage, and oppression. Put it in the Amplified Classic. I want to see what it says. Look at that. It Amplified it. May grace, God's favor, and peace. What is this peace? which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. Wow, look at that. That's deep, right? <laughs> Hope the Holy Spirit helped you and make that real in your life. <laughs> perfect well-being. All necessary good. Say all. all. All spiritual prosperity. And freedom from fears and agitating passions. And moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So the more you grow in your knowledge of who God is the more these things are going to multiply in your life. Keep, go, keep going. Three. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that, that are requisite and suited to life 
and godliness. How? Again, through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellent virtue. He, through the knowledge, we acquire these, these things that God has made available to us. That is why he needs to be our number one. That is why our fellowship with our Father is so important. You know, life, the branch, the life in the branch flows from the vine. And that, and you know, and Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And in our union with him, in our connection with him, in our communion with him, in our fellowship with him through his word, through, you know, you know, the word of God, through our worship to him, through our, you know, fellowship by the spirit of God, that life of Jesus will flow through our lives more and more as we know him more and more. Amen. Because it's not about just like, you know, I had a spiritual experience at the church and I felt really like awesome. And then you don't do nothing. That's it. Well, where's, but, but, but it's, 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 that's not gonna, that, that's great, but you need the spirit and the word. Amen. You can't just always be looking for an experience and then don't do nothing. You still got to get the word of God in you. It takes the spirit and it takes the word of God. Amen. You can't have one without the other. If we want to, we, we want fruit because you know what the spirit of God and the word of God produce in your life. Can somebody answer that growth? Say growth, growth. Maturity. maturity. Amen. Faith, authority, Holy ghost and power. Now fear you know, Dr. Lester Summerall was saying that fear, people will call it lack of faith. He says, but I will call it lack of knowledge of God. You, you know, the Bible says that, you know, when you fear is because God's love has not been perfected in your life. So when God's love is perfected in your life through the knowledge of him that loved you, every fear goes. There is no fear of what man can do to you. There's no fear of what the devil's going around doing to people. He can't touch this. He can't touch you. He has to pass you over. Amen. He has to lose your address. Because I know who my father is, and I know his eyes are upon me. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. I take that to heart. I said, God is looking at me right now. That don't scare me. That makes me happy. It used to scare me when I was out there. And I still did it. But now I'm like, God, thank you that you're looking on. Glory to God. Because you have your eyes upon the righteous. I know that you're protecting us. Hallelujah. If there's something ahead of me that I need to need dodge or 
turn a corner, you you let me know by the Spirit of God because you're you're you you're the you the the you, you the path of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, to God. Glory to God. The greater the knowledge of God. We possess greater faith. Or, you know, our faith grows. Faith is like a muscle. We all have a measure of faith. All of us, all of us. But what you do with it is going to determine. So you have to exercise that muscle of faith. Amen. Don't get it wrong. You're in the spiritual gym right now, but you got to open your heart. You got to open your eyes. And then you got to do. Do. Try going to the gym just to hang around and think you're going to get muscles or burn calories. It won't happen. I tried it. <laughs> I had the clothes. I had the right shoes. And I will go in there thinking I was going to, like, get fit just by walking in there. Because the moment I walked in there, I was, like, discouraged. Like, Ugh. I was already tired. <laughs> I was tired just by thinking of going there. <laughs> you know? But it, that's the way our spiritual lives, we can come to church. And one big faith, big Holy Ghost. But then God, you know, we don't obey the word of the Lord. Our faith ain't going to grow like that. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is like a tree of life. Did I say that right? Thank you. I know you. you let me know. Praise the Lord. God doesn't want us to just be, I hope, I hope, I wish. You know, hope, you must have hope. But you must attach faith. Hope and faith should be power twins. You can't have, one, you can't have faith one without the other. Hope is your expectation. And the Spirit of God gives you hope, gives you an expected end, but your faith goes right behind it and takes it from the future and brings your expectation into the now. And you have to obey the Lord. Amen. And you, and then, you know, you, you have to hear the word, do the word. And, and, and that's how your faith is going to grow. Your faith doesn't grow just by hearing the word. It comes by doing the word. Well, it, it, faith comes by hearing the word, and it works by doing the word. So you got to have both. You got to hear the word, and you got to do the word. Jesus said, it, it, you know, a wise builder is likened to somebody that hears my saying and does them. Say, hear and say. You will be likened unto a wise builder that builds his house upon a solid rock, and when the wind blows and the floods come, and whatever comes its way, it shall not tear that house down. You shall be found at standing. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you got to exercise your faith. How strong do you want to be in the Lord? That's not up to God. That's up to us. You know, when I realized, you know, I thank God I had good, you know, pastors and leaders that, you know, they didn't want me to, they, they, you know, a good leader is always going to train you to be better than them. I don't, I want you to be better. You can do more. Hallelujah. And so when I realized that that is God, that is the Lord, that, that, that we can go as, when I realized that I had, you know, that's why I love, I love, let me take you there and I'll close with this. Because it just came to me. I can't think of the scripture. 
Are you getting something? Praise God. Okay, let's see. 1 Corinthians 3. Um, let me see here. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay. It says, Okay, 16, 316 in the NLT. I think this is what I want. He says, the Apostle Paul says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? All of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. Okay. Why are you caught up on who's after you? Keep growing in the knowledge of who El Shaddai is. You're El Shaddai. Say, he's my El Shaddai. He's my almighty God, the almighty God, all-sufficient God. Then he says, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves if you think you are wise by the world's standards. You need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scripture says, he traps the wise and the snares of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thought of the wise. He knows that they are worthless. The the wisdom of this world, (laughs) they think they're smart. But how about all that confusion in the world that is going on? You see it more than ever, confusion in the enemy's camp. And that's one thing that we have agreed in prayer. Cause confusion in the enemy's camp. The Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows that they are worthless. So don't boast about following a particular human leader. For every, listen to this. This hit me hard. For everything belongs to you. He's saying all things are yours. Get, get, get what is yours. What they have, you can have. What is theirs, you can have. Are you with me? For everything belongs to you. Say, everything belongs to me. Paul was, Apostle Paul wasn't afraid to say this. He said, all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life and death or the present and the future, everything belongs to you. And you belong to Christ. And Christ belongs to you. Say, all things are mine. When I realized, and it became real to me, I can go as far as I want in my relationship with God. I, I, I took, I grabbed a hold of that. And, that, and, and that's why, I, 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 to this day, I pray that God will make me more hungry. 
for his word, for his presence, for him. Because I, I realize, I, God, I can go as far as in my relationship I want with you. That means, like, I don't have to be, be behind somebody. He says, you have access to the throne of grace. And I say, come boldly. Now, that doesn't mean you go off on your own and act weird and crazy. God still puts people in your life as pastors, leaders. But that means that you, everything God has is for you. Everything, everything God has set on the table is for you. You can have it. Take it. Find out what is yours. Grow in the knowledge. Let it be revealed to you by the Spirit of God. You know, that you have access to the throne of grace. A place where in the Old Testament only certain people could go and had access to. And now... By the blood of Jesus, by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that veil has been torn from the top to the bottom. No longer will God dwell in man-made temples. Now we are the temples of the living God. He lives on the inside of us. We are carriers of this presence which held provision, authority, the words of life. And wherever the presence of God, there's the blessing of God. There's, all things are ours. I said, God, if there's no limit to how far I can love you and how much I can know about you. And I can come directly to you. I want to take advantage of that if you don't mind. God said, I don't mind. I said, excuse me, people, I'm coming. Move out of my way. Move out of my way. I want to know him more. I want to be more hungry for him. I want to, I want to, you know, drink more of him. I want to encounter more of his presence. If you don't want it, move aside. Because I do. I do. I want more of him. Not to just be a spiritual fat Christian. But because hey, there's a work to do. There's, there's things to be done. You know, we're called to be his witnesses. And it's not by, you know, the apostle Paul said, I don't come with enticing words. I come knowing nothing but Christ crucified. It's him. God, uh, you said come boldly to your throne and I'm going to go a day without coming to you. I'm just going to think that going to church one day, that's, that's good enough for you. If I can go as far as I want with you, I want to go far. <laughs> and I, you see, there's a progress. It's like, you, there's a change. You, you, there's a, for one level of glory to another. How is it you're still standing? How is it that you, this happened in your life? How is it that you overcame? And then God, 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 honor you. I said, man, I, I'm going to take advantage of this God. And he wants us to. He wants us to. Communion with him. Loving on him. And being real with him. If there's something you need him to help you with, tell him. Tell him. Let him be the father. 
Father, with your Holy Spirit, give me a hunger for you. A hunger that is actually going to go eat more of him. You're actually going to open up your Bible. You're actually going to get on your knees. You're actually going to put away things during the day. Because, God, I must spend quality time with you. It'll make a difference in your life. It's vital. It's a must. We got to stir the spirit of God. We got to keep fanning the flame of fire in our lives. More than ever, we need it. And people need it. Glory. Just lift up your hands and just begin to thank the Lord. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hallelujah. Just right now, just thank them. Just ask them if you, whatever it is, Lord, make me, I want to be hungry. I want to, maybe you haven't been pursuing him or taking advantage of everything that he's done. You know, the, 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 the availability of being able to come to him. The throne of God, the presence of God. Maybe, you know, it, it, you haven't done that, but today ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, Holy Spirit, make this a living reality in my life. I hear, I hear what is said from your word. Make it real, so real in my life by your spirit in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for a fresh hunger. I thank you for a fresh hunger upon your people, Lord. A hunger for holiness. A hunger for your word. A hunger to know you more, Lord, and the power of your resurrection. Thank you, Father, that we're going to seek you like never before. Father, that we're going to surrender our lives. Father, that we're going to, you know, be consecrated, Lord, unto you more than we have ever been. And thank you that you help us, Lord. You help us. You help us by your spirit, Lord. Fill us afresh and anew of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we are the only people in this world that we can encounter your presence, Lord. No other religion. But we, Father, we get to encounter your presence, Father God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. You are so wonderful to us. Father, I thank you that for that first love. Thank you, Father, for our, your, for our first love that we didn't care about anything but you lord that childlike faith everything you say father we believe it oh thank you lord we want to honor you we want to please you we want to honor you we want to please you lord oh father every household represented here tonight lord i thank you that they father they you're they're blessed help them lord help them lord help them lord as husbands as wives as mothers as fathers their children lord oh, thank you lord for your love and kindness and your tender mercies thank you father that your your word brings life unto those that find it healing and health to our bodies. Thank you, Father, that in these final hours, Father, we're going to, Father, pursue you like never before. We're going to seek you more than anything, Father. 
in the name of Jesus. We're going to be carriers of your presence, Father, and it's going to be notable. Oh, just like those two disciples that were walking with you, they could feel it, Father. You burned on the inside of them. Thank you, Father, that your presence will be notable in our lives. Your blessing, Father, will be notable in our lives, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us as your temple, Lord, as your dwelling place. We will be careful to reverence you, to honor you, Lord, to worship you, and to not grieve the Holy Spirit, Lord. We will be quick to obey you, Lord. Thank you that the voice of the good shepherd we hear and follow, and not the voice of a stranger, Father. Thank you that tomorrow we'll be more in love with you than we were today, Lord. Thank you that next Sunday when we meet, Father, we will be more radically in love with you than we were this Sunday, Lord. In the name of Jesus, it's all about you, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord, as we seek you, Lord. We thank you that we find you. Oh, for he who comes to you must believe that you are God. And we do believe that you are God and that you are a rewarder. A rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Thank you, Father. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Come on, just, just love on him. Just love on him. Worthy are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Can we do that? You are worthy of it all. Where's the singers?